Tuesday, January 11th, shortly after 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time, John Mara and this organization decided to part ways, a.k.a. fire, head coach Joe Judge. It was the right move. It was the right move. Whether you like it or not, it was the right move. I know there may have been some people that were still on the Judge bandwagon. I know there are some people, for some reason or another, who are arguing that two years for Judge wasn't, quote-unquote, wasn't enough time for him to right the wrongs, despite the fact that we've seen various other organizations succeed with a new head coach early on, one of them being the Eagles, who just clinched a playoff berth in Nick Sariana's first year, with Jalen Hurts in his second year as quarterback. First, as a full-time starter. But regardless of what you think, getting rid of Judge was the right move. What is up? We are back. It is the Wide Right Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Ryan Honey of Elite Sports New York and Elite Sports Radio Network. Now, it is one day after Black, after, uh, Black Monday. Okay, I would have rather the Giants... Listen... It's been a great couple days for Giants fans because one, Joe Judge is fired, and two, yesterday, Monday, Dave Gettleman officially quote-unquote retired. Now, I don't like how they handled either situation as far as how they parted ways with those guys. I think the Giants should have definitely parted ways with Gettleman and Judge, so I guess beggars can't be choosers. But I don't exactly agree with how they handled either parting of ways, because first of all, they should have never let Gettleman retire. At all. They should have never let him, they should have never given him the respect to retire. They fired Jerry Reist middle of the 2017 season after he won two Super Bowls. Meanwhile, Gettleman, who goes 19-46, and is able to retire on his own terms and ride off into the sunset. They should have fired him middle of this season, if not earlier than that. That's number one. Number two, they should have fired Judge on Black Monday. I don't know why they didn't. If they were, if they weren't sure that he was the guy, the man for the job moving forward, if they were going back and forth on it still, then they already answered the question that he wasn't the guy moving forward. Unless they were completely confident that Judge was the man for the head coaching job for at least next year. They should have gotten rid of him. The only reason you should have kept Judge is if he were 100% certain that he was deserving of another year. But since they went back and forth on it, and Black Monday came and went, without them making it, without them getting rid of him, without them making a final decision, the fact that they were still going back and forth on it on Tuesday tells you everything that he wasn't the guy for the job, that they didn't believe in him. If they believed in him fully, they would have, you know, that decision would have made, that decision would have already been made. But the fact that 
they had to go back and forth on it. That that should tell you all you need to know about what the organization thinks of Judge. And by the way, if they kept Judge too, it would have been tough to sell Judge being the head coach to whoever they were trying to hire as GM. And if the GM decided to fire Judge days after Black Monday, the Giants would have been behind when it comes to finding a new head coach. Because all of a sudden, there's one more team than expected in this coaching search. And that's the Dolphins who surprisingly fired Brian Flores on Monday. If the Giants kept Joe Judge and they didn't fire him Tuesday, they bring a new GM in. The GM says, okay, my first move is to not keep Joe Judge. Then the Giants are behind by, you know, around a week, I guess, at that point, when it comes to finding a head coach. And by that time, that's the end of many teams' head coaching searches. The head coaching searches are quick. That shit happens quick. It's not, they're not very patient when it comes to that. They need to get things going. These teams do. They need to find their GM, they need to find their head coach, and they need to do it swiftly. Giants got to do that now. Okay? I, again, and I don't like how they got, I don't like the fact that they let Gettleman retire. I think that's ridiculous. I don't like the fact that they wait until Tuesday to fire Judge. I don't know why. If you're going back and forth on him already, then obviously you don't have confidence fully that he's the guy, so you might as well have just gotten rid of him on Monday. I don't get that, but it is what it is. And now they're both gone. Now, do they keep this sort of trend going of cleaning house? Because to be honest with you, in my mind, a clean house would, them cleaning house and them executing a clean sweep would be getting rid of Gettleman, Judge, and Daniel Jones. That's always been my sort of, that's always been my perfect, my like, I guess, desire for the Giants this offseason is for a clean sweep. Gettleman, Judge, Jones, all gone. Now, are they going to continue on that sort of trend towards a clean sweep and get rid of Daniel Jones and draft a quarterback in the first round or trade for someone like Russell Wilson or sign someone like Jameis Winston on a one-year deal as a bridge to the 2023 draft? Not sure if they will, but I sure hope they do. Because I don't believe Jones is the guy either for his respective role. I don't. I think the number one ability you could have as an NFL, not just as a quarterback, but any position, the number one ability you could have is availability. And Jones has missed 10 games in three years, six of which came this year. So he's not fully reliable when it comes to being available. He's injury prone. We know that. Dealt with ankle injuries first two years. Had the neck strain this year. He's injury prone, he's not consistent, and he has yet to prove that he's the future of this franchise in three years. You know, I I guess maybe you could give him the fourth year, but you know, as I said before, the era of patience is over, and that goes for head coaches and quarterbacks. I mean, look at a team like Arizona. They gave up on Josh Rosen after a year. People were talking about the Dolphins giving up on Tua after a year and a half to go get Watson, Deshaun Watson. A guy who was obviously embroiled in much more than just trade talks. Who's obviously embroiled in a massive sexual misconduct scandal and may never play again. The era of patience is over. Teams move on quick. Like I said with their GM and their head coaches search, at the, the search for GMs and head coaches, these teams move quickly. 
They don't really take their time. They don't want to. They got to get stuff going. And it's the same with quarterbacks. If you know he's not the guy in two or three years, then he's not the guy. I could, I, 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 it's going to be tough to sell GMs and head coaches on Jones being the guy because he's yet to prove that he is. And if he can prove, if, if he can, um, you know, get rid of, if he can part ways with the turnover issues in year four, if he's still on the, if he's still in East Rutherford, I mean, that's great. But the bottom line is that you still don't know if he's going to be consistently available. He's still dealing with the, he's still injury prone. I mean, yeah, he could cut down on the turnovers. He could cut down on the mistakes. He could grow as a quarterback and implement better decision-making. But who's to say he's going to stay healthy when he's yet to in his career? And that's the most important thing. It's the most important ability is availability. I don't think Jones is the guy. I'm sorry. There's just too many issues right now. And there are too many questions about him that were in existence two years ago. The same questions we had about Daniel Jones last year and two years ago after his rookie year are still existent now. He's still yet to prove to the majority of this fan base and possibly the majority of the organization that he is the guy for the quarterback job moving forward. And so since that's the case, they got to part ways with him. If anything, you don't give him the fifth-year option. You do not pick up the fifth-year option this offseason. If you're going to keep him for the fourth year, don't pick up the fifth-year option because it's guaranteed. Okay? Meaning, give him this fourth year. Have that be the final year of his rookie deal, which should give him a little bit of motivation to step up. And if he's not the guy after year four, then he's not the guy, then you definitely move on. It's what the Bears did with Mitch Trubisky. I'm picking up his fifth-year option. Gave him the fourth year, and that's it. Proved he wasn't a guy in year four. Done. Done after year four. On to Justin Fields. Hey, but I don't even think it should get to that fourth year. I don't think Jones is the guy. I think if you're going to start off with a new GM and you're going to start off with a new head coach entering 2022, you can't force, just like I said, you can't force a marriage between a GM and judge You can't force a marriage between GM, uh, head coach, and Daniel Jones. If the GM wants his own guy, and if the GM comes in and says, I want to keep Daniel Jones and I want to get the right coach for him, then that's fine. You know, see how that works out. But if the GM wants his own guy, go get your own guy. And I don't want to see John Mara interfering with that either. I want this GM to have full control. And I know they said in their press release for the uh, judge firing that the GM is going to have control when it comes to searching for the head coach. I want him to have full control thereafter. I want him to have full control of the roster. I want him to pick his own quarterback if he wants to pick his own quarterback. I don't want John Mayer interfering with that and there has to be a mandate to keep Jones for at least one more year. Because if he hasn't consistently proven to you that he's the guy yet, who knows if he ever will be. So, in my opinion, I think Jones should be gone. Now, would I go for a rookie in this draft? Listen, you got to look at this. Obviously, as we all know, is not the strongest quarterback class. It isn't. 
It's not 2018. You know, it's not uh, 2020 with Burrow and Herbert. You know, it's not last year's class, which isn't looking too hot, but at the time it was with Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson and Fields, Lance, Jones, Mac Jones, that is. But there are a couple guys in this draft who I would consider looking into. Three of which are Kenny Pickett, Matt Coral, and Malik Willis. Now, will the Giants be in the position to pick any of those three? Yeah, sure. The problem is, it may be the third best one. If the Giants are really going to use that number five, and they have the number five and seven overall picks, just want to preface that. That's how bad they were this year. That's how bad Chicago was this year. If the Giants really want to take a quarterback with a number five overall pick, there may be a slight possibility it's the third best quarterback on the board. Because Jacksonville's number one. They're not taking a quarterback. Detroit's number two. Now, Jared Goff's contract would lead you to believe that they're not going to want a new quarterback starting next year. They're not going to cut Jared Goff. However, they could draft a quarterback, have Goff play out his contract next year, and then in 2023, uh, they cut Goff and move on to the guy they drafted this year. So the guy they drafted this year develops behind Goff next year, and then starting in 2023, the Lions part ways with Goff and go with the rookie. Because Goff's contract is expensive as all hell. We know that, the one he signed a couple years ago with the Rams. But 2022, you got the cap hit. Uh, excuse me, the cap hit's $31 million, a little over $31 million. And then in 2023, they could save $20.65 million in cap space, the Lions can, by cutting him. So I could see the Lions taking a quarterback developing him behind Goff in 2022. And then in 2023, they part ways with Goff and that rookie quarterback from 2022 slides in and starts and hopefully is the future in Detroit because God help, they, they need a future. I mean, they they wasted, I don't want to say they wasted Stafford's career, but they basically wasted Stafford's career. I mean, he's the most underrated quarterback maybe of all time and he hardly was able to win anything because he didn't really have anyone around him besides Calvin Johnson and for a short period of time, Kenny Galladay. So, but they they could get a. I'm getting a, a little away from the topic. They could need a quarterback, and Houston at number three, they could need a quarterback if they're not fully vested in Davis Mills. They might be, but they, they, there's a still you know obviously the Sean Watson fallout there, so they may need a quarterback as well. So you're looking at a scenario where two quarterbacks go in the first three picks. Jacksonville not taking a quarterback. Obviously, they got Trevor Lawrence. Detroit taking a quarterback, maybe Houston taking a quarterback, maybe. Jets obviously no at four, and then the Giants may be in the position to take the third quarterback on the board. So that's a tough scenario. And who knows if the third quarterback on the board is going to be the right decision. You know, if Malik Willis out of Liberty drops, if his if his uh, draft stock drops over time, who knows if he's the guy? If Coral's stock drops over time, who knows if he's the guy? We're same with Pickett. So that that's that may be a tough scenario. This is a tough draft for quarterbacks. It's not a big quarterback. It's not a talented quarterback class, really at all. I mean, I I like Pickett, but to be honest with you, that that may be it. Seriously, I I I'm not big on this quarterback class at all. They could trade multiple firsts for Russell Wilson. It seems like the Russell Wilson era in Seattle is concluding. I don't know if I want them to do that. I value these picks so much, and I think 
This team is so lucky to have these picks, such as the number five and number seven overall pick in this draft. And I'm not saying they would trade those two picks. I think they would trade the number five pick and then a first rounder from next year, plus a second rounder of some sort, whether that's a second rounder this year, probably, or a second rounder next year for Russell Wilson. But I just don't like the idea of trading multiple first round picks for Russell Wilson, an aging quarterback who has not been consistently great really since midway point of last year. Remember, he had a phenomenal first half of last year and then just went through a incredible decline. They still made the playoffs, Seattle did, but they went through an incredible decline over the second half of the year. Russ hasn't been great since halfway through last year. So I don't like the idea of the Giants who are obviously rebuilding and who will be with a new GM and new head coach and potentially needing a new quarterback to trade two first-round picks for a guy who hasn't been consistently great since the middle of last year, not to mention he's 33 years old. I like the idea, I, I before the drafting of Jones, I did like the idea of the Giants making a run at Russell Wilson back in uh, 2019 when he was 30, but three years is a long time. So, and I was I was in college at that point. I feel like I've gra- now I'm sitting here. I'm 24 years old, about to turn 25. I feel like I graduated 10 years ago. So long. That's that's how long it's felt since then. So I was on board with them getting Russell Wilson in 2019 somehow, some way. But now I'm not. And if they do break the, if they do trade for Russell Wilson, have fun trying to pay him because they don't have any cap space either. The Giants don't. The Giants have a little over 2.06 million in cap space or something like that. A little over, definitely under 3 million as of right now. Not great. Or the third option as far as quarterbacks, they could sign someone like Jameis Winston or Teddy Bridgewater to a one-year deal as a bridge to the 2023 draft. I don't like that either. So I guess I don't really like, I, I listen, I like that move the best out of all of them, but I'm not a huge fan of that move either. I shouldn't say I don't like that move. I don't love it. I like it a little bit. I'm bigger on, I'm higher on Jameis than most other people. I'm not that high on Teddy Bridgewater. It's not. I just, I don't think, I think he's injury prone. So is Jameis Winston, obviously. He just suffered a season ending injury this year. But I, if I had to pick between the two, I'm going with Jameis. Bigger arm, bigger frame. I, I, I would pick Jameis in that scenario. You know, on a one-year deal, something like that, as a bridge of the 2023. But to be honest with you, if you're taking, if you're signing someone like James or Teddy Bridgewater to to a one-year deal, you know, are you confident that you're going to compete in 2022? Because here's here's the thing: I know it would be a temporary quarterback solution, and it would get the Giants, it would help the Giants on the road to rebuilding. Because at some point they're gonna to need to get that if they're not if Daniel Jones isn't the guy, and I don't think he is, but it's it's he he might be at some point, but I, at least I just don't think he is. But again, I'm not a player evaluator, I'm not a scout, I, I just I'm just an idiot podcaster. If Daniel Jones could be the guy at some point, but if he isn't, the Giants are gonna to need to find their next franchise quarterback at some point. And they could use this method to have that be a bridge to the next step of their ultimate rebuild, which would be to find the next franchise quarterback. But that's not going to guarantee that they're in win-now mode in 2022. If they're signing Jameis Winston on a one-year deal or Teddy Bridgewater on a one-year deal, they're not showing themselves. They're not showing the rest of the league that they're contenders. 
And you and you may say to me, yeah, of course, they're, of course they're not contenders. They have a long way to go to rebuild. They're going to be in the new uh, first year of the new head coach, GM, and potentially quarterback. It's not going to all come to fruition right away. And yet, you may be right, but as I said, the era of patience is over. Every team is win now. You're always trying to win now. Some teams are more capable of winning now than others. I mean, teams like the Rams and the Bucks and Bills, Chiefs are much more capable of winning now than the Giants, who lost six straight to end the year. But the bottom line is that every team is trying to win now. And I don't know if signing a guy like Jameis or Teddy Bridgewater to a one-year deal as a bridge to the 2023 draft would be a great move as far as trying to win now. So to be honest, I think this is the biggest decision the Giants have to make this offseason. Is the quarterback. Okay, they already made the they already made the uh they, we knew Gettleman was gonna quote unquote retire, even though he didn't deserve to. The Giants should have fired him. We knew Judge may be out, may stay. Turns out he's gone, fired. Who knows where he'll go next? Who knows what his next move will be? Now the biggest move for the Giants is deciding what to do at the game's most important position. And that's quarterback. Keep Daniel Jones. Don't pick up the fifth year option. Give him this fourth year. See what he can do. Push him a little bit. Maybe sign a veteran backup to push him a little bit in training camp. See if he can take that motivation and make the most of it. Or do you side it? Right now, that he's not the guy. Does this new GM come in and say he's not the guy? I'm going to take my own guy, whether that be in the draft or through the trade market or through the free agent market, and go from there. Because yeah, right now, it's you know, right now, I'm telling you right now, Daniel Jones's future is not set in stone. If John Mayer is coming in all of a sudden, he's saying, you know, GM's out, now we're getting a new GM, and now we're getting a new head coach. He, the, the vibe may be that they're moving in a completely new direction, and a clean sweep is en route. They're about a clean house, meaning get rid of Daniel Jones as well. So his future is undecided, Daniel Jones, right now. I, it really is. Anybody who thinks that Daniel Jones is 100% back next year, I don't think you... I, I, I have to disagree with you. I think there is a... I don't want to say major, major chance Daniel Jones is gone. I think there is, I think there's a significant chance. I really do. Because I think there's a significant chance this GM can come in and say he wants his own guy. And the head coach could want his own guy as well. It'll be the biggest decision moving forward the Giants need to make ahead of the 2022 season. But what a day for, what a couple, what, what a, Great couple days for Giant fans. They wanted Gettleman out after the various obvious mistakes made over the last four years that led to the Giants going 19-46 and 46 under his watch. The draft-related mistakes, the cap-related mistakes, free agency mistakes, giving up picks for Leonard Williams, even though Leonard Williams is one of my guys on that defensive side of the ball. When they were rebuilding, mind you, giving up multiple picks for Leonard Williams, trading away three picks again while they were rebuilding to move up into the first round, draft DeAndre Baker, and then he's off the team a year later, draft Saquon Barkley at number two overall, 
even though he plays a position that has declined in value rapidly in recent years. And then with Joe Judge, the record stood for itself. The, re- the record said it all. 10-23 and 23 in two years. Offense was one of the worst in the league in the two years that he was head coach. Defense wasn't perfect. It was strong at times. It was strong in 2020, but it wasn't perfect and it basically needed to be given the inefficiencies, the wild, the widespread inefficiencies of this offense. So the offense was horrendous. Defense wasn't perfect even though it needed to be. He wasn't good at the podium. Wasn't good in the press conferences. Was always making some questionable remarks in press conferences. We've heard him. We've seen him. And now both Judge and Gettleman are gone. Moves needed to be made. Whether I wanted them to fire Gettleman in the middle of the year. I wanted them to fire Judge on Black Monday. But beggars can't be choosers. They're both gone. Now it's time to move forward. But it was a beneficial couple of days for the Giants organization. Now they can't screw this up. They can't waste even one more year. Five straight years of losing. Five straight years of 10 straight losses. Excuse me, five straight years of at least 10 losses. Misspoke there a little bit. They got to get it going in 2022. They can't waste even one more year. John Mara, a year from today, cannot get on the podium once again in the State of the Giants press conference and say, please be patient, we're moving in the right direction. Can't do it. He's done it the last five years. Can't do it a sixth straight year. It's all got to come to fruition in 2022. It has to. And hopefully it does. But for that, thank you so much for tuning in to the Wide Right Podcast. You know, I forget the episode number. I haven't even looked up because I've, you know, I, I've been a little busy. And I'm sorry about that. I haven't recorded in a little bit. Episode 106. Sorry about that. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 106 of the Wide Right Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Ryan Honey of Elite Sports New York and Elite Sports Radio Network. Follow me on Twitter at Ryan Honey, E-S-N-Y. It's at Ryan Honey, E-S-N-Y. Listen to it. Subscribe to the Wide Right Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Art Radio, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, all right, I'm out of here.